0: Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Our title sponsor is Peterson Toyota, a great Ram Nation partner that prides itself on great service and delivering you the vehicle that is right for you. They've been in business for more than 50 years, and they are the largest dealership in Northern Colorado. Hop online and check out the new full-size SUV 2023 Sequoia got 437 horsepower, 9,000 pound max towing, seating for up to seven or eight people, 14 inch touchscreen. You'll be amazed at that vehicle as well as their entire selection. Peterson Toyota's knowledgeable, friendly staff will help you find the right vehicle for you. If you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, please give Peterson Toyota first shot at your business. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Ram Nation Radio. I am Joel Cannellamessa, joined by Mike Rowe. We've got a good show for you today. We'll have CSU Director of Athletics Joe Parker joining us for his monthly look into the CSU Athletic Department. He'll be coming on in about 10 minutes from now. But first, it's crunch time for CSU men's basketball. They're coming off a an important win at San Diego State Friday night. It was a game that the Rams led by 20 points at one point in the game. They went, actually we're up by 12 with just 2.06 left in the game, and then a couple of back-to-back turnovers by Kendall Moore against the full-court press defense. It led to back-to-back and one, so a quick six points by the Aztecs. And just unbelievably, before all of our eyes, somehow the Rams lost the lead with 14 seconds left on an Aztecs three and then nearly lost the game entirely when, on the next possession, Isaiah Stevens had the ball knocked away. But thank God the basketball gods – let that loose ball flow right into David Roddy's hands. He was wide open, hit a 15 footer to reclaim the lead with about six seconds left. Aztecs rushed down. Matt Bradley had a, had a a nice game, 27 points for San Diego state. He had the ball in his hands on the wing, drove the baseline, ran into James Moore's, who went straight up at first, kind of held his ground, had a good block. But I think once uh, Bradley kind of drove into him, his hands came down and, certainly in in he, we've seen the ref blow their whistles for less contact than that but in that situation they let, they let him play. Bradley shot didn't go in wasn't really close. And I've seen Aztec fans up in arms about the no call there but you know they also failed to acknowledge that Bradley took 3 steps on his on that drive which should have been a travel and and uh, the refs didn't call that. So either way, no call, Rams pull out of 58-57. Win. It wasn't necessarily pretty. We all could have used a, a breather there, a nice blowout going away win, but uh, it was an exciting one. The way that ended prompted the student crowd to rush the court. It was another fantastic finish, and the orange out seems to be that way all the time. It was it was really a fun night at Moby. Great energy, great crowd. Another, It was the second straight sellout. Students were rocking. The rest of the general public was, was out in force, too. It was a really good crowd. Rams are now 17 and 3 overall, 7 and 3 in league play. And man, you look at those two previous losses. Obviously the blown opportunity in Laramie, it's likely going to come back to haunt our chances to win the regular season title. Wyoming had a big win at Fresno State Sunday night to improve to 19 and 3, 8 and 1 in league play, so they're two games ahead. I think when you look at the the remaining schedule, most conference teams have 9 or 10 games remaining and looks like probably a 14 and 4 final league record is going to be likely to to be what you need to win the league can Wyoming lose a few more down the stretch here I I don't know their remaining games are against Utah State Air Force uh, these are home games Utah State Air Force Nevada San Diego State and Fresno State. Road games are against San Jose State, New Mexico, and CSU, and UNLV. So there are some tough games in there. Could they lose another three? Yeah, they could, potentially. I think the I think the uh, taller order is finding three more losses out of Boise State. You know, Boise State is uh, also 9-1, or they only have one loss. They have two remaining games against CSU, so that helps our cause. I mean, essentially, it's in our hands if we want to deal on two of those losses. Uh, but those are obviously going to be all orders for sure. Uh, Boise also hosts UNLV, us, Utah state, San Diego state and Nevada. They have to travel to fourth UNLV and CSU. I'm not sure though, if you find three losses in there and, and even if they do, if, if Wyoming or Boise state lose three more times, that's really only giving CSU wiggle room for one more loss. And uh, in my opinion, the bigger question is, can the Rams close strong? I mean, you look at what CSU has left, they're not playing that great. I think it's potentially, you know, it's it's easier to see three or four losses by us than it is for us to run the rest of the table with just one loss. So for me, the bigger question is, can we our Mojo back and start playing well again? It all starts with a big road game at Nevada on Tuesday. Nevada's been without its star guard, Grant Sherfield, who averages 18 points a game. He's been out with a foot injury the last few games as has junior forward Warren Washington, who has a hand injury. They played really well against uh, San Diego State on the road last night, uh, Sunday night. Um, they had possession of the ball with uh, the final seconds left looking to tie the game, and they couldn't do it, and that was without those two players. So they they can turn it on at any time. That's a team that was picked to finish near the top of the league. For whatever reason, they haven't been able to get it going. They've also been hampered by COVID pauses, multiple, as well as these, these recent injuries. So. But that team is tough no matter what. It's always tough to go into Reno and win anyway. So um, that is not a, not a gimme. Rams have a very little margin for error the rest of the way. And game at Nevada is Tuesday, obviously, to start off. But then you host Fresno State on Friday. Fresno State has been very good. They didn't look very good against Wyoming on Sunday. But that is a solid team uh, with a good net ranking and a pretty decent resume. Uh, it's not going to be an easy game. Uh, then you've got a three-game road stretch which is unusual, uh, but it's basically due to the COVID rescheduled games from uh, the earlier pauses. So that'll be three straight games, Boise State on the road, New Mexico, and UNLV. So uh, not an easy stretch there. Even in a down year in New Mexico, you go into the pit to win, uh, tough. Boise State is, as, is playing as well as anybody in the league. They are tough. And then UNLV, you know, you'd like to think that would be one of your more winnable games. They are basically a 500 record this year. But they came in and pounded CSU at Moby uh, just a week and a half ago. So not an easy stretch. Then you got the Border War at home. You owe them some payback. You, then you got to travel to Utah State. Everyone's struggling to win there. That's a that's a that team is playing really well right now. And then you host Boise State in the regular season finale. So very tough stretch for the Rams. I, I just would like to see CSU start playing better again. And really, it's been a month now that they have not played their best. There's been a couple exceptions, and they played pretty darn well at Air Force. But, you know, obviously San Jose State, everyone's playing well there, but everywhere else has been a struggle. And if you look back, Rams have gotten off to significantly slow starts in 10 of their last 11 games. They just cannot seem to to get off to a good start. Nico Medved shifted the starting lineup this past weekend, had actually got Tanjay into it. He actually had a great game. Gave him great minutes, scored I think 17 points, Um, so that worked. But we're gonna have to find some more complementary shooters that are giving you some scoring. You got guys like Kendall Moore struggling to shoot from outside. Chandler Jacobs is struggling from outside. Adam Thistlewood, he did play, he did get in, got some minutes. He had a lay in on a great, uh, great pass, I think, from Roddy driving the lane but he also was over two from outside once again. So we got to get those guys shooting. got to get our confidence back and, and getting back to playing and uh, playing well. And I think um, right now I would just like to see us get that back, get as good of a seat as possible, hopefully not fall below that three spot and in going into the Mountain West tournament. And uh, you know, there we'd love to see a, a three game win, you know, stretch where you win the tournament championship, but at a minimum, Go in there, win a couple games, really bolster your resume and get into the NCAA tournament. So big week to come with uh, starting Tuesday night against Nevada at Nevada and then Fresno State at home for hopefully another sellout. The other thing I wanted to mention before Joe comes on is the Ram, Ram Roundup at Denver Country Club last week. Man, I cannot encourage you to visit this event in the future enough. Man, this is such a fun event. Every year, it's great. I've been going for 15 years since they actually started the first one. I think under Sonny, then Fairchild, and then McElwain, Bobo, Adazio. We've had one for all of them. And um, this staff was right up there at the top. I mean, when you when you talk with them, they are engaged with you. They all have energy. They're all laughing, having fun. You can really tell they love their jobs. You know, Jay Norvell is just exceptional. When you talk to him, he, he he just has something about him that captivates you, and that's not just uh, blowing smoke. That he he really is. There's a there's a difference about him. He's he's got a lot of qualities, and I told him this. He's got a lot of qualities uh, that you saw in Sonny Lubick, and hopefully that's all um, resonates with the fan base. It resonates with the student athletes. It resonates with recruits because uh, you could tell his his coaching staff loves working alongside him. And they all, every single one of them mentioned that. And one cool thing that uh, I thought Coach Norvell shared was his idea for what he called a ram walk. Now we already have a ram walk the, the day of the game, but um, so maybe they'll change what it's called. But this is where uh, he, he said they are inviting all former football players to take part the night before the game. And what they'll do is they'll lock arms, they'll start on the goal line and they'll walk to the other goal line. And they'll all lock arms, current players and former players. And for the first 50 yards, they're supposed to really focus on I, – I can't remember what order they're, they're supposed to do this in. But the first 50 yards, they're supposed to focus on the next day and what they are supposed to do to to win that game and to really honor, honor the university and do their part to help get a win. And then the, the final 50 yards – you're supposed to reflect on those that came before you and what you're going to do to honor them and the past and the history of the program. So really kind of a cool thing that uh, Coach Novell and his staff are doing to tie in the players and also really get the current players to honor the past and really give a nod back to those great teams before. Um, so neat stuff i also had a chance to talk to uh, defensive coordinator freddie banks from montana state he was a defensive coordinator there but also coached for several years under jay norvell in nevada i asked him what the difference is in recording fcs versus fbs and he basically said that you know the top players at the fcs level are all could could play anywhere Really in the country, and he said they'll certainly uh, are Mountain West caliber, and he looks forward to being able to land several of those guys that you know that they've that they identify, and how much easier it will be to land those guys with all of the amenities and support that CSU has. He also added that Montana State, if you would have taken his defense last year and put it in the Mountain West, he felt it would have been the top defense, which was an interesting comment. I talked to the defensive line coach, Buddha Williams from North Dakota State. Uh, He said that they are um, asked about the remaining scholarships and if they plan to use those on the defensive side. He said they are strategically holding on to those until they find the right guys via the portal. So I I think they are leaning towards defense there, but uh, they'll use it to uh, find the right fits. Offensive coordinator, Matt mummy was, he's always fun to listen to whether you hear him on press conferences and I've heard him in other podcasts and in interviews. He is, he's great. A lot of energy. He's so high on the quarterbacks, Clay Millen, especially, but also Braden Fowler, Nicolosi, Jackson Stratton. It was funny when mummy was previewing Jackson Stratton's highlights coach Novell said from across the room, Hey, tell him who we, we beat out to get him and Matt mummy proudly said Washington. So, um, That was cool, and you know he talked about Clay Millen and how he's been in the program, which is a huge advantage uh, for the last year. He's been under that offense, the Nevada offense. But he talked about, you know, when they look for quarterbacks, they look for someone who's cerebral, smart, tall with a big arm. You know, someone that they can entrust to, you know, walk up to the line of scrimmage, read a defense, and call play. And also said he's got, you know, he's got uh, mobility that. to create opportunities with his feet. So that was interesting. James Finley, who is the, uh, he's a co-he's, came from the high school ranks at Modern Day High School. He was moved just recently from uh, running backs coach to tight ends. Uh, So he was, he had a lot of energies. He came in. Someone from uh, the crowd had asked if he had been in touch with Fort Morgan yet, which is obviously a shout out to Joel Dreesen and Trey McBride from there, two of our superstar tight ends. And uh, he said he had not talked to uh, the, the high school there yet but uh, he did say that uh, he's got a text in on his phone showed it to the crowd it was from Joel Dreesen and they are supposed to meet up soon so it was really cool to see uh, a legend a former player legend wanting to get involved with the program and he had wide receivers coach Chad Savage, offensive line coach Bill Best, and special teams coach Tommy Perry. They were all great in presenting their groups. You know, by the way, in a previous conversation I had with Coach Norvell about, uh, we kind of were talking about the departure of Coach Sheffield. He had said that the new special teams coach that they brought in from UTSA, Tommy Perry, was actually the coach who Coach Sheffield had learned under. So uh, it was kind of his mentor and Coach Nobel felt really good about that hire. It was a good, good on-the-fly um, replacement for Coach Sheffield That uh, even be an upgrade. So you know, we all liked Sheffield and his energy abroad and his Twitter game. And, and that first video he sent from from midfield at Canvas was really cool. But uh, the, this coaching staff is is going to be good. Uh, lastly, CSU alum and Colorado Sportscaster of the Year, Jenny Kavner, was the MC for the event. She was great um she also built me out of some money on an auction item but uh in my defense how can you say no to jenny when she's egging you on to keep bidding um in all seriousness she did a great job she was a lot of fun brought a lot of energy it was just a great event so put that on your calendars when they announce next year's dates um and don't miss it they're doing one at the stadium tonight uh up in the in the uh, club level and i think they're expecting over 300 people there uh great crowd so there's a lot of enthusiasm around the program right now I think they had over 200 people at the at the Denver Country Club event and that was uh, they were expecting the second biggest crowd they've ever had uh, there was a snowstorm so um, you know I don't know if they quite hit the numbers that they thought but it sure seemed full to me same packed and there was great energy so so that was awesome but uh, it is now time to bring in our guest. Uh, and before we bring in Joe, I want to give a shout out to Ginger and Baker. We rave about them every week. But uh, if you don't know about this place, it's located in an historic 100-year-old grain mill. Ginger had it massively renovated. Uh, it's home to two restaurants, the Cash and the Cafe. It's also got a coffee shop, bakery, teaching kitchen, event spaces, and market. The Cafe has amazing comfort food. biscuits, gets fried chicken, pies, eggs over easy, and then the Cash has a similar style, it's just elevated. Um, It's great steaks, chops, mouth-watering sides, fine wine, decadent desserts, you know, they've got some outstanding specials for Valentine's day coming up. So make your reservations now for either restaurant. You won't be disappointed. You can also sit on the rooftop, the newly enclosed rooftop. They they serve the cash menu up there. So a great environment. What a romantic setting that would be. Please check it out. Support our friend Ginger Graham and this Fort Collins gem, Ginger and Baker. All right. First of all, Joe, kudos for what, uh, your team and athletics has done for making Moby a great venue watching CSU basketball I know uh, the on-court product helps but uh, the rest of the production has been top notch you know the pregame is is awesome it's really uh, DJ Zimbo is is awesome you got the band back so there's all these little details that are affecting the the positive experience in Moby you got the players thanking fans afterwards it all makes a difference so been a lot of fun but uh, I wanted to start off and the funny thing is, for all the complaints we've heard over the last year or whatever uh, about the FNBO loft being a petting zoo, it sure has turned into a pretty extremely popular place to be. Has that uh, What has that done for the athletic department revenue-wise? Is it, is it big? Is it negligible? Is it just kind of there as a uh, fan experience addition? Or how does that uh, fit into everything?
1: Yeah, it it falls, uh, you know, it's above negligible, but it it's it's falls short of big. It it's a, a great, I think it's a great amenity. You know, it's a nice add on for the fan experience, and, and certainly, you know, we're gonna be happy to collect any revenues that we can. Um, uh, but but yeah, it, it's not a big windfall just because you know the numbers. You know, you, we can only serve so many people in there, and the throughput for the lines are, are what they are, and and so we. Do our best, um, you know, but Spectra collects the gross revenue and then we get a commission on everything that's sold. Gotcha.
2: Well, so with the success of the team and uh, the popularity of the loft, we're, we're now seeing extremely long lines. I know the last two games, there's been a lot of fans that missed most of the first half just by being in the hallways waiting, waiting on the one in, one out of the loft, which is a good thing. Um, but we see Air Force, uh, Wyoming, DU, UNC, they all have beer sales throughout the uh, arenas. Are there any discussions about adding full beer sales throughout Moby? I know that it's a lot more complicated than just adding some fridges to the uh, to the concession areas, putting a few stands up throughout the concourse. You know, we do have to work. Uh, we do have our great partnership with FBNO. I know that fire codes would have to change. Um, when you add beer sales and, and large, large, uh, numbers and large crowds, I know the egress points would be like a huge point of emphasis since that we did lose a lot of doors, um, with the remodel that happened just before you came in. So are there, are there discussions about doing that?
1: Uh, we, we've had just some internal to athletics, you know, a little bit of, you know, what if, or should we, um. haven't run you know all the necessary traps to kind of vet that as a full decision and and you're right mike it's a lot more complex than people might think um you know we had to uh, put fire suppression in the fmbo loft because we were serving alcohol there Uh, that's a, a code requirement um you know interesting if you're you know if you're just vending any other beverage that's non-alcoholic that that's not a requirement but we had to retrofit because we wanted to serve beer in the fmbo loft you know if we were choosing to serve beer throughout the arena you know that might likely trigger the need to put fire suppression in the entire building that's not an inexpensive proposition to do that um, and then you know then you got to figure out you know how are you going to to vend you know, beer uh, throughout the entire arena. The other thing too, that, that, that has been one of the hesitations for me is, um, you know, it's great on game day, you know, the thought of having beer, those retractable bleacher systems, you know, they take a lot of wear and tear whenever there's water or even soda spilt um, on the risers. You know, I can't imagine, you know, the, the cleanup that we'd have if there were beer in the building and we were, you know, people just, you know, not intentionally, but inadvertently knock a a bottle over and pour beer, you know, down there, you know, remember that, that gym is where our teams would prefer to practice every time they can uh, schedule a practice, you know, we use the IPF as kind of a supplemental facility. So, you know, I don't know what that space would look like over time, if, uh, if it, you know, had stale beer smell in it, wouldn't be the place that I'd want to practice. So, lot of things to think about I you know and I know it's a, a big thing for fans and it's a positive experience uh, but I hope they can have a, a broader understanding of the complexity if we are trying to do it and then some of the rationale why we haven't charged forward and tried to to uh, make it happen and, and it it wouldn't be just simply an athletics decision it would have to be a, a campus wide conversation for us to to make that kind of a decision.
0: The other thing you hear about that, and we've talked, we've touched on this a little bit with you in the past, but uh, you've hinted at why elevating the floor in that loft would be cost prohibitive and and really uh, unfeasible. Can you can you shed some light on that again on why we can't put some risers or whatever to give a few steps up so everyone can see the floor? we hear this all the time and it's always on Twitter and why can't we just do this and this, this, but there's, there's a lot of bigger things at play. Can you explain that?
1: Yeah. I, you know, if, if we started to do a lot of modifications to that space, particularly elevation of, you know, it triggers ADA requirements, you know, how are you going to make it wheelchair accessible? You know, how are you going to get the, the ramps in there to allow people that would be wheelchair bound to access the space um, you know, there's particular grades that have to be met in order for those to be in place, or you have to get a lift. So, as much as people say, "Hey, just snap your fingers, make it happen," um, again, it's it's a lot more complex. And and honestly, we're you know, we 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 it was a low cost, not quite no cost proposition to create the space as is, um, and we just really wanted it to be an amenity. We never expected that people would want to just camp out and watch an entire game there. The idea was, you know, you go in, you have a beer, and then hopefully you cycle back out to your, your seat. Um, people tend to treat it as the New Belgium porch. And, you know, it, you know, it made that easy. You know, we, we could have never retrofitted an area at Huge Stadium like the New Belgium porch, but when you got a greenfield site and you're designing it from the ground up, you know, it was really easy to, to tier that space, to create, you know, the drink rails and, and provide sight lines and, and all the access that is required, uh, for, for that area. Um, so for people to try and, you know, treat it as though it's, it's synonymous with the new Belgium porch. It, it's just not that, you know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's the F and Lo- loft. Um, you know, we tried to do it where there wasn't that much of a capital investment for the department to provide an amenity for the fans. And, um, you know, people think, oh, the revenue would pay it back. Well, no, it wouldn't. So, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, back in napkins while you're having a beer and having a conversation with your friends, it's not enough to, to kind of put it all together to, to make sense out of it. But it is what it is. I'm glad that people appreciate, you know, the loft for, uh, you know, for the amenity that it provides to, to people that do come to games. And, and uh, we're excited that it's being utilized in the way that it is. Yep.
0: Good problem to have overflowing FNBO loft overflowing Moby. It's awesome. So yep. uh, I've been wanting to ask you about this too. And it's funny cause you see it in, in, uh, visiting, a, a opposing teams, um, news article write-ups, people always mentioning the, the smoking Ram. How can we get that thing smoking again? Is
1: that, <laughs> is that an expensive cost? Is that something we can get Ram nationers to fundraise for? You know, I, 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 I know that we've looked into the repair a couple times. I, I know one of the things that was happening when it was, you know, operable is that there's a residue that, that comes off when it is smoking that's kind of a, almost like a greasy, oily residue that gets dropped onto people and, and um, you know, the area beneath it. Uh, so, so, yeah, I've never seen it operational. So I, I've never seen it in its full glory. You know, I've just seen the, the, the lights as it is right now. I know it's important to McDonald's, um, you know, the leadership of the local franchise that absolutely loves that element of the arena and they sponsor it. But, um, you know, I can ask our facilities people to take a look at it and see.
0: Let us know. We'll, we'll rally the yeah. troops and see if we can get that thing humming again.
1: Yeah.
0: Hey, uh, Orange Out was another awesome success. Do you ever wonder? I mean, when it looks so good, orange everywhere, and as popular as it is, do you ever wonder if we should ever change back our colors to the the pumpkin and alfalfa? Uh,
1: you, you know, I I it, I, I think it's a it's a nice way to reflect upon our past. It's a part of our history. We've been green and gold since what what has it been? Since '58, I guess, since we were Colorado made the transition from A and M to Colorado State University. Um, you know, it, it is. I tend to wear it. I mean, my favorite hat of all my hat collections of Colorado State when I put on a baseball cap is that orange cap. I mean, I've got a few of them and various states of, uh, you know, uh, condition. Um, but yeah, I, I I love the orange. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're going to have a whiteout uh, when it's coming up for the Wyoming game on, on Wednesday, February 23rd. So that's another opportunity for people to. To, you know, energize around, you know, a little bit something different and, and show their support of the program. You previously mentioned
0: one of our last conversations that uh, you didn't think that the home basketball schedule fell in our favor. We only had one Saturday game in league play. Um, so kind of a tough draw as far as night, the weeknight games and all that, but fans are showing up, at least they're, they're starting to here. Um, what, what's uh, been your impression of the the fan support?
1: Oh, incredible. You know, it, it began with the students and what we always recognize in any situation, the students are the catalyst for other people getting even more engaged and involved. So, you know, we had that game where the students set a record at I think it was just over 3,800 students in the building. And and obviously that, that takes up space when we have the space available and creates a little bit of scarcity and makes it feel a little more urgent, I think, for the, the buying public to to secure tickets, you know, we're, we're forecasting, there's a pretty good chance we could sell the remaining three home games. Um, You know, I'm not sure which one will go first, you know, Fresno state on Saturday, still availability. You know, I'm I'm sure we're going to great, even though it's a a mid mid midweek game with Wyoming, you know, I think there's another great opportunity for us. And then that final game is, is in fact a Saturday against Boise state. So, you know i would expect that if we continue to win that there'll be enough fan enthusiasm to to sell out for you know it, that game hopefully we get two of the three but maybe we get three out of three
0: i don't know if mike is uh gone or what but um i know he wanted to ask about the students which you just kind of touched on but there does seem to be we saw it in football that students have come out in force and maybe it's because we did skip a year where they didn't have the opportunity to support athletics but uh football they came out in force for at least the first few games they definitely have done that in basketball have you guys done anything different to hone in on this and get you know engagement with the students and or what do you think this is coming from
1: yeah I, you know i probably say first and foremost it's it's just that 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 uh you know, pent up demand, you know, the students were stars for an entire academic year where they weren't able to assemble and watch the teams perform. So I think that's a, a big part of their, their renewed interest. Uh, certainly in men's basketball, you know, the success of the team is something that's, that's uh, you know, really um, identified with the students. But the, the student attendance has always been very important to us as a department. We spend a lot of time and effort um, you know, opening lines of communications with ASCSU, other student groups, um, trying to encourage them to participate. You know, trying to arrive at the right programming that that uh, motivates them to get involved. Um, and and I think also, you know, we've got some really um, you know our, our coaching staffs. I think across the board right now are really interested in in investing some of their time and energy into identifying with students so it's it's been I think a combination of all those things that have just kind of hit particularly with Moby Arena and men's basketball right now you know a perfect storm but you know we saw it last last fall with football you know with the first three home games setting really you know attendance records for the student sections and I would expect with coach Norvell and his staff that that that'll carry over into uh, uh, the season this year in 2022.
0: It's great to see all these students being rewarded for them showing up with, with some big wins and exciting games and, you know, court rushing. And that's the stuff that keeps them coming back. So, so pretty yeah. exciting.
1: I'm I mean, all for exciting games, but I tell you what, the stress tests, you know, they can kind of lighten it. I feel like I'm on the treadmill with all the wires hooked up for the EKG and it, <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty crazy. You and me both.
0: I, I would have loved a 20-point 20, 20 blowout the other night. but uh, Yeah, just just
1: cruise in with a 20-point. Yeah. for yeah. the finish.
0: Have you been uh, happy with the TV partners this year? I mean, I, I know that when I, I love, I can't get enough Mountain West basketball right now, so I go to sit my DVR in the morning and look for the ne- upcoming games that are going to be on TV, and then you always see these great matchups that they're, they're actually not on TV. They're only on streaming. So do, do you think that the coverage this year has been up to what you would expect? What has been the consensus among, among your peers?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, our, our league right now is, is really performing well. Um, You know, I think the, the conference put out a, a little infographic uh, talking about the success of our, of our conference across the board and basketball uh, outperforming the PAC 12 and the AAC right now with net rankings. So, you know, it's pretty, pretty exciting for our conference. Um, you know, I'd, I'd always love to see our TV partners respond with more. You know, I, I do like the fact that, you know, FS1 gives us that, that national platform. I think that's always great. Um, you know, my mom is 95 years old, gonna be 96 in April. Uh, she sits in Naples, Florida, and I don't think she's missed, well, she, she's not very good at the streaming thing, but she can tell her TV what program she wants to watch and it queues up our games. So she uh, even even with the time change, I don't think there's been a national broadcast that she's missed or, or uh, even a CBS SportsNet broadcast. So it's working for her right now.
0: Yeah. you had previously I don't remember if you said it on our show or if we talked about it just in conversation, but you at one point said I'd love to see more promotion from our TV partners And I think this year I, I've at least in, in recent weeks I've, I've heard, commentators go out of their way to say what a special league this is right now. And what, what a great product it is. You see it on a lot of these um, commentators also posting on social media. So I'm seeing it gain a lot of traction. I hope it translates into, uh, into a lot of tourney bids this year, but the mountain West conference tournament is going to be awesome, which I want to ask you about in a second. But when we, we've asked you about this too, but when you look at the type of season that Nico's having everywhere that he's gone, he has done an amazing turnaround of that program. He seems like a Sonny Lubick type, who has all the the intangibles of rallying a community, recruiting quality athletes who are also quality human beings that are easy to root for. You know, teams are ultimately going to come calling for him, and we've already seen it. Uh, we've already seen some interest there. How do you prioritize making him feel like we want him to stay? What what things can you do? I'm, we're limited, you know. As you've said, we're a G five. We don't have unlimited resources and throwing millions of dollars at him, but what can you do to preempt that and and really show that we want to keep him at CSU as long as possible?
1: I think base level, not even considering, you know, the compensation that, 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 you know, we're able to to pull together with our resources, you know, Nico and, and Erica, you know, have, I think they've, they, they love Fort Collins. They, they love Northern Colorado. Um, You know, this is obviously their second, second tour here uh, at CSU and they, they came here, I think, for a reason. And, you know, that is just the, the high degree of comfort that they have with the community, um, you know, the, the high quality of, of life here. Uh, and also, you know, he, you know, he knew he could put together a winning program and that the community would respond. So, you know, I, I think for us, um, you know, if we can still maintain great environments, you know, if we have uh, repeated sellouts in a season or even get to the point where, you know, we're sold out on a season basis. I think that's something that he would feel great about just that, that level of support from the community. Um, and, you know, I I think for Nico to consider other jobs, you know, I don't think it's just any opportunity to get a bigger paycheck for him. I think there has to be a lot of the boxes that we check, um, you know, whatever that landing spot would be, you know, if you wanted to trade up to an, an A5 experience. Um, and, and if that's the case, you know, if there's a moment in time, which, you know, I won't be surprised if that does happen at some point, um, you know, it won't simply be the, the compensation package that they could offer. And at that point, there's really nothing that we can do to preempt that, you know, I mean, those, those schools are paying, you know, two, three, times what you know what we're able to to manage as it relates to the way that we budget for compensation Uh, but but i do feel good about you know it's not just going to be any school that comes calling it's going to have to feel pretty special to him to make make that transition
0: yeah Uh, by the way mike got pulled off for a work thing but uh hopefully he is able to join us before we're done Um, what's this what's the scoop on mountain west tournament tickets are they on sale through the university now
1: Yeah, they are. Uh, They are. So we've, I think we've, we've, you know, we are promoting it in game. I think there's been some social media that we've pushed out, um, you know, just simply call the ticket office or, or, you know, uh, do it online, but yes, we're, we're selling our allotment right now. Um, I haven't gotten an update, but you know, we we've been performing better than we have any other year, since I've been here, as far as interests you know, we're, uh, we're hopeful that we can get a great crowd out there to support the Rams and not only men's basketball, but it's a full week with women's basketball. They start on Sunday, likely game on Monday, hopefully with their buy. And then their championship game is on Wednesday. So it's a, it's a full week for those people that can, uh, afford to be out there and take the time away from work or, or life, um, you know, regular life and, and devote it to some basketball, but it, um, you know, we got a great partnership with the Alumni Association. You know, Christy and her team do a really nice job with some pregame events for us. And the team is staying at the Weston on Flamingo. It's it's a non-casino hotel right off the strip. And we'd like to make that just informally sort of the, the headquarters for CSU basketball. They've, they've got a really nice lobby area with a bar. And hopefully, you know, we can have some impromptu happy hours depending on how the game schedules go. But Love to get as many people out there to support this program as we possibly can. That'd be awesome.
0: Yeah. I know that historically we haven't exactly done our part as fans to travel in mass to Vegas for this tournament, but uh, I know that there are a lot of people wanting to go this year. We have a group that's going and uh, we have not bought our our tickets yet. So hopefully that uh, ticket sale number just continues to rise. Looking forward to that. That's going to be awesome. Hey, uh, kudos on an awesome event, the Ram Recruiting Roundup at Denver Country Club. It was awesome to meet the coaches, Joe, and get to know them, talk talk a bit uh, kind of off the cuff and outside of press conference kind of atmosphere, you know. And I want to ask you, though, when when you hired Coach Norvell, part of the reason he came in was because of the resources we have, the support, the funding uh, that you have from the university. Was there anything that he identified that say, hey, this is something that we need or would help us get to that next level of success? Was there anything like that or is he... Did he come in and basically say, we have every component that we need right now to, to really succeed?
1: Yeah, they're, they're, we, you know, we've talked a lot about what it's going to take to build a championship program. Um, there has not been you know, a, a direct identified you know, missing piece to what he believes we need. Um, you know, the one thing that's been fairly consistent, I think, uh, across every one of our coaches in the last several years has just been you know, the importance of nutrition. And, you know, we've got resources right now with a a feeling station at the stadium and one at Moby for our other programs. And, and uh, we've, we've had uh, two full-time nutritionists. We're, we're, we're uh, down right now trying to rebuild those resources through COVID. Uh, But, but, you know, that, that's been the one thing, you know, I think that's really important for, you know, the development of, of uh, a student athlete, you know, particularly in the sport of football, you know, weight weight gain and muscle mass and, and uh, you know, doing it in the right way are important, um, especially for the guys that are up front on the line and, and really across the board. So that, that's been one thing. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, what I, what I, what I love about Jay, well, there's many things I do uh, appreciate about Coach Novell, but, but yeah, he and his staff have really gone above and beyond to really kind of engage our fan base. And I think they're going to continue to do that. We've put a really aggressive um, engagement outreach, outreach calendar in front of them. Uh, unfortunately, we've lost a couple of those events. We were going to do a corporate sponsor event at the stadium that got, got taken down because of a weather event, but that's why it was important for us to get to Denver country club last week on Tuesday evening, you know, so wasn't uh, wasn't a great weather day, but we weren't going to allow that to, stop us and certainly i don't know how many no shows we had but um, didn't feel like many i mean we were probably well over 200 people that were there at the Denver Country Club and and i think they got a great experience and hopefully they're out you know through this last week and weekend you know talking to their friends and fellow rams about what a great great experience it was for them and getting people energized to to support this program
0: there's a lot of great energy there and, and enthusiasm from fans that so it you can see it building. Yeah. And it's nice to see that it's February and we've got excitement about football. So one of the things that was nice to see about that night was the the number of former football student athletes that were there. And on social media, I'm seeing people come out of the woodwork, former student athletes come out of the woodwork. Some, some who have been kind of the harshest critics of our football program over the years. Um, They've been praising the hire, they've been praising now the, the new direction of the program. It's been great. Have you been surprised by the reaction? Of our particular in particular former football players, have any of them reached out to you and talked to you about getting involved? Or are they going straight to the coaching staff? What Jay's had talked about, and actually some of the other coaches talked about how they've been reached out to you by some former athletes wanting to get involved. So have you seen this at all?
1: Yourself? Yeah, I think it, it's been a combination of all those things. You know, we all we all have relationships with, you know, um, you know, all of our stakeholder groups, but former Letter winners and football, you know, are, are really important to the success of of our program. Jay's, you know, really kind of kicked the door open and told, you know, every one of them he wants to see him around. Uh, football organized a week ago Sunday uh, a meet and greet at Lucky Joe's, um, you know, for football letter winners. I think we had probably fifty or sixty plus the football staff, and uh, Jay, Jay, uh, you know, wanted to make that clear that everyone is welcome. Uh, that night he introduced, and he also mentioned it Tuesday night, you know, this concept of, of what they're referring to as the RAM walk where every game, home or away, they, they want to have uh, alumni athletes there to walk the field with the current team. And you know he talked about how important that was going to be to in the first 50 yards from the goal line to the 50 yard line was, players were supposed to be thinking about, you know, all the others in the past that had contributed to the legacy that CSU football. And then from the 50 yard line to the final goal line, you know, their thoughts should be focused on what they were going to do the following day to, to honor that legacy. So I, I love everything that they've, you know, conceptualized and they're implementing around um, the program, you know, they, they picked right up on Ram life. And I think that's a great opportunity for our former letter winners to engage with uh, with the team and help, you know, with getting students thinking about life beyond football and the careers that they can have post graduation, uh, but certainly, you know, having the support of football letter winners is is going to be really important to continue to build the program and and keep things on the right track. Jay's been really, um, you know, almost nonstop on his, you know, connecting with every stakeholder group I mean he's been on the phone constantly and and just I marvel at his energy you know yeah I haven't seen any letdown yet you know so he's been he's been a a big catalyst for I think generating the energy around the program certainly a staff of phone in line with that as well
0: yeah you mentioned Ram Life I had a great conversation with Ricky Santo that night and uh yeah he's another uh treasure to have with the university Coach Norvell has come in and said that he would like to make spring football more of an event, make it a priority. What uh, what what do you guys have planned? I know he's talked about fundraiser 5K. They're going to turn this into like a whole day event kind of thing. What can you tell us about uh, the spring game?
1: Yeah, you know, Jay, Jay much like, you know, my, my experience, you know, we both have come from, you know, high tradition programs, Big Ten, Big 12, um, and, and spring games are, are a big event. Um, they're, they're a mark your calendar, circle the, circle the date. Uh, everyone come out and celebrate. And uh, that's exactly what, what we're working to create uh, this year. And, and Jay's absolutely embraced that. Uh, and, you know, we have the date. It's Saturday, September 23rd. And they're going to do a 5K um, in the morning. That it will be a fundraiser for cystic fibrosis and also the football program. And um, you know, that's something that Jay and his staff had conceptualized and, and his wife, Kim, is deeply involved with that. And, and then, then we'll play the spring game. And then afterwards, the team is gonna uh, do some youth engagement with some youth clinics post-game on the field. And then that entire weekend, we're structuring as a celebration of CSU football for former letter winners or for letter winners. And we want everyone who's had an association with the football program, either as a a player or a staff member, uh, to come back if they can. And the Friday, the 22nd, and the Saturday, the 23rd, we're going to have a schedule of events for football letter winners. And um, we did this in June of 2017 and had, I don't know, about a hundred people take part in the, uh, the, the event, but, you know, we'd like to see two, three, four times that number this year. And, and hopefully with the way people are responding, you know, we can get to that number, but it, it, you know, and that that's the way that we want to do it from this point forward. You know, it's a, it's really important to get every stakeholder group energized and engaged and keep them, uh, keep them supporting the program because that, that just, I mean, you see it in basketball. It just makes it feel really special for everyone that's a part of that event. So whether whether it's basketball or football or any of our other programs, you know, we want as many people around, around to support, you know, when we're competing.
0: You said that spring date is Saturday, April 23rd.
1: Uh, yes. April yeah. 23rd. Yep.
0: Have you seen a decent renewal rate for football season tickets?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, people have responded. Um you know, and you you were, you know, you were saying getting new people on board, I think we're at 57 new season tickets. So that's better than we've done in the past couple of years, but certainly would love to see that, you know, three, four five times that number and even higher as we get closer to the football season. Uh, but yeah, it, it uh, you know, conversations have been a lot easier with Coach Norvell and, and the way people are perceiving, you know, the the opportunity for success this year with, with uh, Jay's leadership and his staff on board. Awesome.
2: I know I still need to renew mine. I haven't, uh, I had to talk to Chris Ferris uh, on Wednesday um, about some questions, but yeah, I'm on it. We will, me too. too. We'll get all our stuff renewed. How about, how about new season uh, ticket deposits?
1: Uh, I, yeah, I just mentioned that Mike, I think we're at 57 new season tickets. So, you know, that's, would love to see more, but we're, we're going to get more promotion out there and, and, you know, build awareness. And, you know, the one thing that people, you know, the, the earlier they respond, you know, there's an opportunity to put yourself on this a payment plan. certainly makes a financial obligation a little bit easier to manage. So hopefully people will not wait to last minute and, you know, make an affirmative decision and, you know, get on board. We haven't, you know, we don't have the schedule together yet. So that's always kind of a, 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 you know, I think a reason why people aren't quick to respond, you know, they like to see the schedule and understand what weekends we're going to be playing home football games. Uh, But once all that's put together, there's hopefully no excuses and people just jump on board and get active and get, get, get involved. And, you know, we're, we're working right now, too, to, to make the tailgating experience better. Um, we're having conversations that, that could lead to potentially allowing for some overnight parking in the Moby lot for RVs. Um, you know, we, we, we had a meeting this morning with ASCSU that, you know, a big part of that conversation was, you know, what can we do to get the students energized around the spring game? And hopefully when we do that, you know, it carries forward into the fall. But, you know, there's a lot of things that we want to make sure that, we eliminate any of the any of the obstacles or or roadblocks or hurdles that make people feel really comfortable about being a part of the game day experience
2: you just brought up the the schedule and, and fans waiting why why is it that the mountain west takes so long to uh set their schedule i know that, that i mean the big 10 has the next 5 years uh lined up with with their uh with their conference schedules like why why does it always seem like the Mountain West? It, it takes us so much longer.
1: Yeah, I, I think a number of reasons. You know, we're, we're fortunate that we have, you know, 100 percent control of the venue that we play in. Um, that's not the case for some of the other schools. You know, Nevada has a, a shared facility with an NFL property. I'm sorry, UNLV. Um, you know, San Diego state, you know, was in that situation. They're kind of in an interim space right now waiting for their on-campus facility to be completed. Um, so it takes a little bit of time to clear dates and, and get things nailed down, you know, within the league. And then, the, the next step is always having the television partners review and make their selections. So we usually are talking late March, early April, Um, I'd love to see it, you know, expedited and done sooner. Um, we've had conversations with the conference staff about trying to make that happen, but so far we haven't really been able to beat that, that historic timeline of publishing our, our schedule.
2: So this weekend it was announced that the, uh, four Fort Collins high schools will play a double header at Canvas on September 30th. Uh, Pooder and Rocky are going first and then the Lampkins will face, uh, Fossil Ridge after that. How did this come about?
1: Uh, you know, Mike, I'm not really allowed to speak about that because we, we can't promote a high school event. But, but you know, we built Canvas Stadium with the intention of it being a community asset. So, um, you know, it, it we're, we're always looking for opportunities and partners that could help us engage community around campus. And, and it just it, it makes, you know, a ton of sense. And we're excited that the, the facility is going to be rented by Poudre school district. And, and I, I hope, I hope that it truly becomes an annual event for, for the high schools.
0: Yeah, it is cool to see canvas being used for more and more purposes. Uh, last question for me, Joe, sounds like the college football playoff expansion idea has been shelved for a little bit. Anyway, what, do you know what happened there? Are you concerned that we may not see a playoff expansion anytime
1: soon? Uh, I, you know, last time we had a conversation, Craig Thompson is involved, you know, he sits on the, on the uh, CFP committee that, that governs uh, expansion and some of the other aspects of the playoff. Um, You know, I I don't, I think there's still opportunity for expansion. Um, You know, I think some of the leadership in the Pac-12 was a little bit hesitant. Um, I think the AAC has their opinions. Um, I think the rest would, would probably like to see a movement towards expansion, you know, for, for our particular situation as a member of the G5, you know, I think it, it would certainly provide, you know, more opportunities for access to be a part of that championship playoff. Um, I think expansion ultimately could be really good for college football. Um, But, but it has to be done in a thoughtful way that really manages all the nuances. You know, I I still really believe too, that the the bowl system plays a a vital role around college football. And, uh, you know, namely for the experience that it creates for, for the players, for the student athletes. So I, I, I'd say we, you know, we didn't get an affirmative decision yet, but I I, I don't think that, you know, the dialogue or conversation is, is completely stalled out.
2: So last question for me also, um, spring sports are around the corner. Uh, our track and field team has already been busy with their indoor season, doing extremely well with that. Uh, tennis has started uh, just coming off a season sweep or a series sweep this weekend of the MSU Denver and I know that they had a doubles team that was ranked nationally. So how are our coaches preparing and, and when will each season kick off?
1: Um, yeah, very soon. Uh, you know, softball's in the mix too. They're, they're, they're going to get moving very quickly. You know, they play a lot of their initial games on the road just because of, you know, likely weather conditions here. Um, uh, women's golf is, is competing this week in Florida. Uh, men's golf soon um i think they've got a practice round coming up in arizona just to get some more weather more play but uh and then yeah track and field is in their indoor season at the moment um swimming uh will be departing uh next week for their conference conference uh, meet um which is down in texas so yeah it's uh you know it's it's endless mike it, there's there's never a moment in time where when there's any team that's on absolute pause, everyone's got some level of activity, you know, throughout the entire year and even through the summer, but that's why we love it. It's awesome.
0: Well, Joe, thank you as always for, for joining us, spending 45 minutes with us and being candid and you're the best. We appreciate you.
1: You bet. Thanks guys.
0: Appreciate it. All right. Our guest today was brought to you by mighty river brewing company. They've been such great supporters of Ram nation. I ask our fans to give back to them. They've got a dozen beers on tap. I encourage you to try one of their newer releases called From the Deep Bourbon Barrel Aged Strong Ale. They released it back in December. It's available on draft in the tap room or in four-pack cans to go. Plus, they've, of course, got all the old standbys as well as the little brookie hazy IPA. It's what I'm trying to stick to right now. Uh, as i'm trying to drop some lbs to start off 2022 this is a low carb low calorie american style beer features juicy citrus flavor from citra mosaic and azaka hops owner dan miller is looking out for all types of manly hoods right now including mine that's lacking with uh, this low calorie stuff but anyway he's a great ram fan longtime ram nationer you should stop in say hello to him thank him for all he does for ram nation Show Ram Nation on your phone, get a dollar off your beers. That's Mighty River Brewing Company. And uh, we're going to try to hook up a Ram Nation fan forum with uh, Joe Joe Parker here in the coming months. So uh, stay tuned for that. You'll be able to come drink the best beer and fire away your questions at Joe. We're hoping to, to, to put that together, so stay tuned for more details on that. want to thank Joe Parker. want to thank Mike Rowe and all of you guys for listening. Big week of CSU basketball. Hope you have a great rest of the week. Go Rams.